Our old pal Kyle Dubas making moves in Pittsburgh, acquiring Norse defenseman Eric Carlson. When will Brad Trilliving make his bold move for the Buds? We'll discuss all that more coming up on the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centered podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. What's going on, pal? You finally got some big news to talk about today. Oh, yeah. Work was so much fun dealing with all the dealing with that trade. I haven't dealt with the trade that big in a really long time. You want, you want to break it down for the people who, you know, aren't familiar with how that stuff goes down? Like, for, for those who are always interested, well, what happens in the sports industry or some behind the scenes? When a trade like that happens, for guys like you who are working in the newsroom, or I guess somewhat the newsroom, like, it's this all This is now my remote. newsroom right here. Yeah, it's all remote now, but, like, what does go down? How does that process roll out when you – you know, see that there's a trade that's brewing, you know, like how, what's, what's the process there for guys like you? You got to get yourself all, all your bases covered, right? You know, you try to see what information's out there. Um, in this case, Elliot Freeman had reported that, you know, the trade was close, being close to being done. And which pretty much in Elliot Freeman terms means within a few minutes, it's pretty much going to be done. So you try to whip up a, you know, in my case, I'm whipping up an article ready to go because we got to get that alert out to all the people who subscribe to alerts on their phones because you all get alerts when stuff happens. And they're all telling me when it happens. I'm like, yes, I'm the one that sent the alert out. So, yeah, we're getting that out. And then it's getting more information, right? Because Friedman said, and a lot of guys said, yep, deal's being completed. Third team's involved. Likely going to be Montreal. It's like, okay, going to need a little more here to work with, right? Especially with a three-team trade. Yeah. Because the order of the sequence is important here, right? Technically, the Montreal-Pittsburgh trade happened first. Because you had to make those moves first before the Carlson to San Jose trade. Carlson to Pittsburgh trade was made. Oh, so, really? yeah, because, you know, they had to make the out. They had to send the guy. The fi- like, the final piece of the whole puzzle was who was San Jose getting in return for Carlson? It was that's kind of how those trades really do happen. Like when it was brought, when it was officially announced, and that's the one I'm waiting for. It's like that official announcement, so I can put all the information together. You saw like the kind of the final bones of that deal, and God bless the Pittsburgh Penguins for laying it out so easily because they're like Pittsburgh gets this, Montreal gets this, and then San Jose gets this. Yeah, the the press release there was was very nicely laid out, and yeah, so it was easy to see. Okay, this is what happened. But you know what? Like what I enjoyed about it is it was almost very like it was basketball esque with the three team trades. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of picks and there's a bunch of players and prospects and guys moving everywhere from team to team. It was like a real traditional three way trade, not just okay, this team's gonna park. 40% of the contract and they're going to get a draft pick for being, you know, a broker. Like we saw some of that, 
it was a legitimate three-team trade. It was a lot of fun. Um, and ultimately, it, it ends up with Eric Carlson landing in Pittsburgh. Kyle Dubas, you know, it was rumored for a while that he was interested, and Pittsburgh was heavily interested in trading for Carlson, who did come out earlier this year and say that he, he wanted out, didn't expect to start the season with the Sharks. And ultimately, that comes to fruition here uh, this weekend and, and Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon. Eric Carlson to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, like we said, it's a three-way deal, so there's kind of a lot. Oh, do you have a graphic uh, that uh, that we can kind of show? It's a lot easier, I guess, to follow along with that graphic there um, that they did put out, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But ultimately, uh, Carlson, they did retain only $1.5 million, though. So the Sharks didn't retain as much as initially thought. Did that surprise you that all the Penguins were able to get the Sharks to retain was $1.5 million, which means Carlson's AAV is still... Ten million dollars, and that makes him the highest-paid Pittsburgh Penguin. Yeah, that's that was the surprise, the big surprise for me, because we were all kind of waiting for, you know, what what was San Jose going to have to compromise in some way here, right? Um, we have people say, oh, maybe they have, no, they might not go fifty percent. Maybe they have to go forty percent retain. Maybe they have to do, you know, a good chunk of it. But when you heard the third, when I heard the third team was being involved, I'm like, okay. There's going to be some players moved around. And I think what was more surprising is Jeff Petrie, when he went to Montreal, I thought, okay, Montreal is just going to absorb the cap hit. It's like, no, Pittsburgh's taking 25%. So essentially, the money that they that San Jose was retaining for Carlson, Pittsburgh used that as like, okay, we're going to retain Petrie for the two yeah. years. So those two kind of equaled each other out. So... He, I know it says ten million for Carlson, but it's not really ten million when you add on the Petrie retained. Well, and- different different trades, but yeah, yeah. You know what you're saying. But all in all, like we'll, we'll lay it out for those who are listening. Yeah, so it's right here. Yeah, uh, audio. If you're watching us here uh, on on YouTube, you can see what the trade is. So the Pittsburgh Penguins receive Eric Carlson uh, at a ten million dollar cap hit. Rem Pitlick, they received, who's a prospect for the Montreal Canadiens. Decent player. I get a hat trick against the Leafs, if I'm not mistaken, this season. Or he had a hat trick against someone. Was it, I can't remember if it was the Leafs or not. But he did have a hat trick this year, I remember. Uh, pretty much the only you know good thing. But, you know, he could score a little bit. Um, depth player, at the very least, for the Penguins. Uh, Dylan Hamlick, I'll be honest, never heard of that player in my life. Uh, but it's a prospect also going to Pittsburgh along with a 2026 third round pick from the San Jose Sharks. So that's what's going to Pittsburgh. So they got Carlson, a draft, uh, a draft pick, a third round pick in 2026, a depth player in Ren Pitlick, and then a depth prospect in Dylan Hamilick. The San Jose Sharks uh, retained money on Eric Carlson. They retained one and a half million dollars, and they also were able to get a 2024 first-round pick, which is top 10 protected. So there's some protection on that pick for Pittsburgh if they do end up sucking this year, which I don't expect them to. I I think that this trade definitely puts them into the playoff category. So top 10, uh, I think, is probably not something they're hoping to do this season, especially with Crosby at the helm. Uh, But regardless, it is top 10 protected just in case. Uh, They also took on the contract of uh, Mikhail Granlund, Jan Ruta, and then they took on Mike Hoffman in uh, the deal who comes over from the Montreal Canadiens. So a first-round pick, Mikhail Granlin, Jan Ruta, and Mike Hoffman going to San Jose. 
and Montreal got a 2025 second round pick. They got Jeff Petrie at 25% retained, and they got Casey DeSmith and then Nathan Legere. Legere, I'm, I'm not quite familiar with that player either, so some sort of depth player or depth prospect. Um, but all in all, that was the trade. Lots of moving parts in this deal uh, for certainty. And uh, I don't like where, where, who did the best, who did the worst? Like if you had to grade each team, I suppose, on how the trade worked out for them, um, you know, how, what what grade would you give each each club, Dave? Um, I, like obviously with the Penguins, they got the player that they wanted. They got a draft pick still back. I know they gave up a first and a second round pick, but they got a third back. You know, obviously. With, with the $10 million salary for the next few years, like you still have to live with that contract for a little bit, especially because Carlson, yeah, he put up a great offensive season, but defensively his game is almost non-existent in a lot of, in some ways. So I, I, I would give it a B minus for the penguins on the penguins end. Cause they ended up getting Carlson without really having to get, take on as much money as, or, you know, they found a way to make that work without giving up, a lot of assets, which is why next for San Jose, the first round pick, you had to get that. Like there was no way this deal was going to get done without a first round pick. And then you get three players who are kind of older here, right? Like they didn't get a prospect. They didn't get a young roster player. They got older guys that now they're going to have to flip and hopefully turn those into assets. So like, in a way, I want—I don't want to give this a high grade. I want to give it like a C, a C minus, unless I see what they can do with these other three pieces that they got here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think that they did well on this at all. I think mm-hmm. they were probably just happy that they didn't have to retain a lot of money on that contract, and, and ultimately, that's what it felt like. I mean, everyone said, hey, if, if they're going to retain money on a deal, um. You know, they're probably not going to get a high return. Like, that's just the problem. And you never know what you're going to get at Eric Carlson. Like you said, this was this year was almost an anomaly of what we've seen out of him in the last, you know, four years, basically. Um, is this what he is? Or was this just a kind of a one-year caught lightning in a bottle and away he went? I don't know. The Penguins hope that's not the case, and that he can still be a 100-point defenseman for a couple of seasons. Uh, but doing so, you're right. I, I think in hindsight, this trade could turn out to look a little bit better for uh, the San Jose Sharks, depending on what they get in return when they flip these assets. You look at all of these players, though, um, like Granlin. Yeah, he's got two more years left on his deal at $5 million. You probably uh, are going to have to to play him out. But you got Mike Hoffman, who's got only one year left on his deal at four and a half. So he's someone who could be used as a rental at some point. And then Jan Rude has got a pretty respectable cap hit at 2.75. And, you know, he's somebody who's a pretty solid defenseman. I think we learned pretty quickly when Victor Hedman struggled without him that he was a fairly important part of that Tampa Bay blue line in the top four. And he was a little underrated at that point. So I would imagine that, you know, a team would probably be willing to give up an asset uh, or two for Jan Ruta. We're going to go over some, you know, potential trade options for the Maple Leafs in the next segment. His name might come up, to be honest with you. It could potentially come up. But uh, to your point, yeah, I, I, I don't like this trade for from San Jose, like, at all. I, I, I guess they're happy that they got to move on from Carlson. And they still did get a first-round pick out of the deal. 
but they also added $2.55 million in space. When all is said and done, they're paying more money for these acquisitions of Grandlin, Ruta, and Hoffman than they were paying for Eric Carlson. And that's where it's it's a bit of a head scratcher for me, where it's like, if you like, why did you turn, you know, one asset who's making whatever, eleven and a half million, but you you turn that guy who was actually productive for you at honor points into three guys who are very much, you know, meh. You know, like Mike Mikhail Grandlin turned into a, a an absolute it was a circus what was going on with him in Pittsburgh. He had like one goal after the trade deadline. Like he did absolutely nothing. And he's making five sheets this year and next. Mike Hoffman, you know, he's got injury issues. So who knows if he's going to be able to stay healthy for them to even flip at the deadline. And Jan Ruta, like I said, is a decent piece. But still, they turned three. They went and got three guys who make more money than Carlson does alone. And no, those three don't make up Eric Carlson. So it just it, it is a little bit of head scratching. You know, you'd think they would have done something a little better with the cap space um, than just getting one first round pick uh, out of the deal. But and even they had to give up a third. They had to give up, um, you know, a couple other things as well to to get it done. So I, I, it was it was a little confusing from uh, from San Jose. I think they probably would have wished they got something a bit better. But at the end of the day. I guess that's uh, was the best case scenario. That was the best offer on the table, and you kind of got to take it. Montreal, I think they did all right. You know, they were kind of the tertiary team in this, um, but I would probably give them a, a, a B. Like, they're able to bring Jeff Petrie back into the fold, who was a good locker room guy, and, you know, he was a, a good player for them, obviously. So he gets back in into the building, and, and they need defensemen anyways, some veteran guys to help with their young group. So I, I think they like that addition. Casey DeSmith can come in and be the backup to Sam Montembeau and potentially push uh, for some sort of tandem. Uh, and they got a second-round pick out of the deal as well. So, you know, they were able to uh, – to and offload Mike Hoffman's salary uh, while doing so. So, you know, they were able to do all right, so I'll give them a B. And, and Pittsburgh, I'm a little higher on them. I don't think I gave them a grade after you did. I think I probably would give Pittsburgh a B plus, to be honest with you, because Carlson's a good player. I think he, he is, and I think Rem Pitlick, don't sleep on him. He's someone who could probably put up, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 goals, a depth player for the Penguins. And, and you know, what the Penguins – what that team does is they can turn depth players into role players pretty quickly once they get a uh, you know a chance to sit shotgun next to Gino or Sid. And if he ends up you know with some injuries and Petlick goes up the up the uh, the lineup a little bit, hey man, like this guy could easily be a 14, 15 goal guy. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, we got Carlson and a fifteen goal player in this deal. That's that's not it's not too shabby for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I think Dubis, I give him a B plus. Montreal, I'll give a B. San Jose. I'm with you, man. I think that's like a, a C minus return for the Sharks. Yeah, like for for Montreal, like I I didn't mind what they did in terms of getting Petrie because eventually too they could also flip him at some point if they feel like that's necessary. Yeah, um, as well, and he has a better cap it now when you look at Pittsburgh retaining that salary and yeah, like the, when when you look at the trade in of itself, like. Yeah, I think the the big takeaway here is that like I thought San Jose was going to get more, and it it makes me wonder what other teams weren't willing to do a deal like that, right? Yeah. Why did Pittsburgh ultimately being the one able to do it? Like if you're Carolina, if you're I, Seattle, honestly, like- it, it, so it's weird. I think honestly, 
they ultimately wanted to try and not retain as much as possible. And maybe Pittsburgh was willing to take on more of the contract than any of the other teams. But then you turn around and you go and you get Granlin and Hoffman and those deals. Yeah. It kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. But like I said, Hoffman's deal expires this year. Granlin's deal expires next year. And I haven't looked at the contract structure breakdown, but it's possible too that they're not even owed you know, a, a large portion of their contracts right now. Like I'll quickly take a look and see maybe their, their deals have been paid out a little bit and they're actually not making a, a whole lot of money. Signing bonus. Uh, no, actually it looks like Granlin will be making 11 million this year. So he's actually making a decent amount of money. So that doesn't make sense there. What about Mike Hoffman? Did he have anything or is he all salary? He's all salary and he's making $5 million this year too. So actually, it looks like they're paying an extra one and a half million in real money than they are in uh, in the cap. <laughs> it just, yeah, it's it's it's, it's not, not looking it's, much better as the more we dig into this for San Jose. I'm sorry, locked on sharks. This is not looking yeah. very great. I guess this is just also something they just want to wipe the slate clean and just you know move on too. Yeah, like it's essentially what it is. But yeah, like Carlson's got what three, four years left on that deal, so. They are getting out of you know the long term money. They'll save obviously money you know in the next four years, but you know for this year and 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 next they're they're spending more money uh, to to trade Carlson than they are. But hey, it's a team who's reloaded. They're able to get a first round pick, and hopefully you know they can add uh, a talented player with that pick next year in the draft. Um, so Kyle Dubas busy at work. He's getting things done for Pittsburgh. I think this makes them a playoff team. Uh, especially, uh, you know, after, you know, making that addition, if if that group can stay healthy. They were oh so close last year. Now you had a 100-point defenseman and, and Eric Carlson who could be a game-breaker on, on any given night. Yeah, I think that probably makes them uh, at least one point better and put them uh, surely in that playoff hunt. Um, so Dubas making moves. Is Brad Trilling going to make a move before the start of the season? Why don't we come back and talk about, you know, if it's time for Tree Living to make his big trade and put his stamp on this team and some options that could be out there for the Maple Leafs. So we'll do that on the other side. But first, Dave, a word from our show sponsor. Yep. Today's show is brought to you by a product that I use literally every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1 with one delicious scoop. In a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. I got Dave Morissuti with me. We are, uh, well, we are... Year round, it's usually a, a daily podcast, but 
uh, during the offseason. We knock it down to, to three days a week. There's not a whole lot going on. But today there actually was uh, you know quite a bit to talk about with the trade going down. But if you've enjoyed our conversation and you want to keep up to date with the latest of what's going on, with not just the Maple Leafs but around the NHL, do subscribe to us, uh, the Lockdown These Podcasts, wherever you get your audio podcasts from, and also up on YouTube as well. Uh, leave a like and, and share it with your friends. Let everyone know, uh, you know, that you can listen to, to Leafs Talk every single day here on Lockdown Leafs. You can join us uh, on the Discord as well. I know a couple of people asked about the Discord once again, so we'll uh, make sure we put it in the show notes down below so you can join our Discord and get in with the uh, the Lockdown Leafs family. And uh, we're, we're going to try and get one of the lucky listeners on Friday for our Fan Friday. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll try and ask someone out in the Discord if you want to get involved with that. Um, but uh, today, the you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they made the trade. Kyle Dubas put his big stamp on things by bringing in Eric Carlson. Are the Maple Leafs going to make a deal? Is Brad Trillaman going to make his big-time trade um, this offseason? Because there's still a lot of speculation that, you know, this isn't the blue line that he intends on going into the season with and something sh- should be done or will be done. You know, the size of that blue line isn't quite trilling esque if you look at, you know, how the Flames have operated over the course of his tenure there. So will he make a trade? Who's out there to, you know, bring in for Brad Trilliving if a trade does prevent itself? These are the type of things that we're going to get into, uh, you know, right now. But first and foremost, I mean, you know, who who who's out there, Dave? that you think could potentially be options for Brad Trilliving, the least even target. I mean, it's really bare waste in terms of wasteland in terms of like obvious names, right? There's not really like that name. I says he should be next on, on the list because Carlson was really the only defenseman we heard being out there. Right. So, you know, I've had people say, Oh, why don't the Leafs try to go and get a guy like Brett Pesci from Carolina? Yeah. That's a name we've heard a lot. That's a name we've heard a lot. You know, I don't know what his future is going to be like in uh, over over in Carolina there, especially after they signed Orlov. And, you know, he, it seems like long term, the future's not really certain there. So, yeah, he's an option. Did they end up signing D'Angelo, by the way? I was I was I was away. And I remember oh, right. that, did they end up actually going through with yeah. it? Like, did he sign there? Yeah, he did end up. Uh, so he did end up signing a one-year, one point six seven five million dollar deal. So that, in a way, made people really think that they were out on Carlson when they did that deal, as well, because mm-hmm. they just another right shot defenseman there. So I think the good thing about Pesci is he's a right shot, uh, can play. You know, in the situations that you need him to play, solid defenseman. I know some people have their own. Up, they're kind of up and down on him, but I think he's a guy that, you know, if he's available, he, the Leafs should definitely be kicking tires on. Now, the Locked On Avalanche crew, just a little while back, had brought the name Devon Taves as an option for the Leafs because he's going to be someone that they can't afford down the road. Right. right. You know, they, they, they got some commitments up, uh, up front. They're going to have um, eventually Gabriel Landeskog should be playing hockey again. You know, I know you he's hope. out for the year. I mean, you hope yeah. I, like that's that like, you do hope, but I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like the thing with Devontae's is he's going to have to, they're going to have to try and get a contract done with him. Right. Yeah. Like 
the, the leaves. Can the leaves afford Devontae's? <laughs> like, you, you, that's where you do kind of, eh, I don't know if they could afford a guy like that. Um, well, like, I think Pesci would be cheaper than Taze. I think, well, Pesci would definitely be cheaper than Taze. The thing about Taves is, okay, who are you going to have to give up to get, to get a guy like Taves? Um, the Lockdown Avalanche crew brought up Nylander, right? So do you make that swap and whatever contract you could have potentially gave Nylander, does some of that money go to Taves? That's how I could see it working long term. But again, that's I don't know what exactly Devon Taves' next deal could look like. He's 29. He's making yeah. 4.1 right now. He's a pending UFA. Like the Avalanche have a serious decision to make here because, you know, in a couple of years, Miguel Rantanen is going to need a new deal. Uh, they got Nichushkin starting his new deal. They got a lot of guys who are on deals right now. Uh, fortunately, Kale McCarr signed for the next four years, so they're okay with that. But yeah, like I, I think there's going to be one of these defense, whether it's Devontae's, Samuel Gerrard. One of those two, I feel like, is not going to be around long term because eventually, if Bowen Byron continues to progress like he has, you know, he has two more years left on his current deal, then he's going to be up for a new deal. Like, these are questions they're going to have to answer at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, uh, interesting name out there. I mean, the, the Calgary Flames were an easy, you know, connect the dots type of team as right. well, right? Coming from there, he knows that team very well. You know, Noah Hannafin is, is a guy who's been linked to Toronto a couple of times. Nikita Zadorov, I know in the comment section on Twitter, a lot of people have been, you know, asking like, hey, the Leafs should trade for Zadorov, right? Big physical defenseman. Um, Chris Tanev is a name that's been tossed around a little bit uh, as well. And, and he's he's been a very long-time guy who's been associated with, you know, Leafs trade rivers back to his time with Vancouver. A lot of people wanted to bring home the, the Toronto product back into uh, into into Toronto. Um, so that that's another, you know, team that they could go shopping for. Obviously, Craig Conroy and uh, Brad Trilliving have a, a great relationship with each other. So, you know, maybe they could try and get something done. Like there's, you know, Hannafin. I, I believe I did hear, though, that he prefers to play in the States. Um, so I don't know if, if you're going to be able to get a contract done with him because he's, again, on a one-year deal just like Nylander, just like Pesci, just like Matthews, and then they could hit the road. Um, so unless you can get a deal done with him, you know, he, he might not be available. Zadorov is interesting, I guess, you know, as, as, as one of those guys who they could maybe come up with something. I don't think he would cost too, too much to bring in. Um, you know, I think another interesting name, though, um, Andrew Peak of the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think would be an interesting name. Just 25 years old. He's got a couple more years left on his deal, making 2.75 right shot defenseman, big body, penalty killer, block shots, hits, guys. Um, and Columbus, they brought in a lot of defensemen this summer. Like they traded, uh, they traded for Provorov. They went out and they signed uh well, they signed another big defenseman. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh Will Severson. Severson, that's it. They signed yeah. Damon Severson. Yeah. Or, well, they trade and then it was a sign and trade. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And then uh, you're, you're, they're getting Wierenski back healthy. They've got David Juracek, who they took, what, second overall last year that uh, they'll, they'll be looking to probably try and get into the lineup. Um, so there's a lot of defensemen out there. You know, Andrew Peak might not, you know, if, if they could get something for him, 
um, potentially they would look to to move on and and maybe get a forward or something to try and address some of the lack of scoring on that team. So he would be a you know another interesting guy who's youngish defense defenseman mm-hmm. signed on a pretty good contract at sub three million. Well, you, it's interesting you bring this up because I remember listening to the Chris Johnson show back in like end of June, I would want to say. It was like when all these deals were made. I'll say Andrew Peak was a name that I did bring up during the trade deadline as a guy mm-hmm. who the Leafs might target as well. That's where you're going yeah. with that. So CJ said at the end of uh, like June, he said like a guy like Andrew Peak, you know, would would generate the uh, the most interest of any defenseman on the Blue Jackets because you know there's the, the, that's the trade market was going to be the best way for teams to go out and improve their blue line and he was a guy that has generated a lot of interest around the league. He also brought up obviously uh, Adam Bokvist and Jake Bean. Yeah, the, our guys are willing are, to listen to, but they're young are, defensemen. I don't see tree how, living guys, right? Those aren't tree living guys. Peak no, would, I, I do think peak. If that if that's something that Columbus still wants to explore, I think the Leafs like you don't have to get always get the flashy guys. You need to get those guys that are just going to play solid for you. And I think that's something you know True Living is looking for. We're not looking; he's not really looking to add more flash. He's looking to add some some ruggedness and just some size to that blue line too. Yeah, six foot three, two hundred ten pounds, right shot defenseman. He hits. He blocks shots. It's exactly what you're looking for. That that's what they need in their top four. He's only 25 years old, and like I said, signed to a contract at a pretty healthy 2.75 million bucks. And and he's you know a pretty decent skater, if I do recall uh, as well. Watching him you know play for the last couple of seasons uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So you know we'll we'll see if they can make something happen. But one of those guys, maybe they can try and bring Jan Ruta into the fold. You know, try and bring someone mm-hmm. like that in. You know, he he worked very well when he was with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe San Jose is looking to do a quick flip on Ruta and he's someone who's making under $3 million himself and perhaps they can try and uh, bring him in to address uh, you know a need for some size in the top four. Is that, I, I believe Ruta has uh, some size to him actually. Uh, let me just quickly check that but if I do recall he definitely isn't uh, a, a runt. If he is I'm six not. foot three, two hundred and four pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so six three, two two oh five. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, what what Brad Trilliving has in store for us. See if we can try and get a, a Leafs trade to break at some point over the next uh, few weeks here. So we're only what just you know six weeks or so from training camp. It's it's coming quick, but it's coming quick, and it just it still seems like there's one move to be made on on the blue line. You know, like it just John Klingberg doesn't seem like the only change to the blue line. Yeah. You know, it seems like there should be something else that uh, True Living would would or should want to do there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, buddy. Um, I think we were gonna do the puck doku, but I think we ended up going a little bit uh, long on the conversation. So maybe we'll save uh, the puck doku for the next show on uh, on Wednesday. We'll do uh, Wednesday's one because I think uh, we're we're gonna maybe try and do uh, do one each day. We'll see what ends up happening. But if we end up over talking things, whether it's a heavy news day, kind of like today was, uh, sometimes we'll, we're gonna have to to push it. But uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe 
to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms, also up on YouTube. You receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. And follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead and leave a like and a comment down below on YouTube. Who should the Maple Leafs go after? Who can they add to the blue line to make it a better group? Um, let us know in the comment section down below. We'll be back with another episode for you guys on Wednesday. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.